have we finally found the source of what's truly causing all of these Mandela effects? Is it possible that a single person is responsible for the timeline splitting every 20 seconds? And then we meet a seven-year-old girl who's having the time of her life playing with her imaginary friends. But when a new imaginary friend appears, this child learns that even the world of imagination can be soaked in blood. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day, too. I truly hope you guys are having fun doing whatever you're doing. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, so we'll get started right away. First off, Running Into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our newest Dead Rabbit Radio financial contributors. A lot of you guys donated money recently when I said I only <laughs> when I said I only had a $1.78 in my bank account. Really, really appreciate it. I wasn't asking for donations. I was just kind of telling you guys what was going on in my life and how much you guys mean to me, how I got to, instead of sitting around being depressed, I got to I, I got to sit around and talk to you guys about ghosts and aliens and stuff like that. That's why I did that. I didn't do it to get donations, but I got some, and I appreciate that. And one of those donators, everyone get on your feet and give it up for Lindsay. Woohoo, yeah! <laughs> yeah, come on in. Wee, yeah! She's jumping around. She's doing jumping jacks, showing off. Lindsay, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. You guys can't support the show financially. I totally understand. I truly do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. Lindsay's over there. She's giving me the thumbs up. Double thumbs up. She is ready to take control. Lindsay, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to the Netherlands. Maybe. I think we're going to the Netherlands. Based on some clues in this narrative, I think that's where we're going to end up. We're about to meet this guy. We don't have his real name. We're going to call him George. And if that is your real name, George, it's just... I won't even say a guess. I'm not stalking you. That's actually, that's generally something that somebody stalking you says. But I'm not stalking you, George. I'm not part of this conspiracy, which again is what someone who's part of a conspiracy says. But anyways, George, this all started with a simple post that was posted in January of 2023. George is freaking out. George has some serious questions because people are saying, Hey, George, remember when we played Uno, but the Dutch version? Een? Which is number one in... Number one in Dutch. I had to look that up. I'm not that smart by any means. Hey, George, remember when we played Een the other day? And you got down to the last card and you didn't say Een on time? And I did, and you had to draw... Veer? And George is like, I never played that game. <laughs> Plus, I'm pretty sure it's just called Uno in the Netherlands as well. I don't think it's a language specific. But George is like, no, I never played that game. And I don't think that game exists. I never ever played that game. And George starts freaking out. He posted this because he goes, someone was saying that I played a game with them 
but I never played that game with them. I'm not even aware of that being a game. Here's the problem. I do often often play games with this guy. He's a friend of mine, and we've played games before, mostly board games, but I've never played this specific game. However, he's insistent that I'm playing this game. I don't know what to do. And he posted this in what's quickly become my favorite subreddit. It's a subreddit called Retconned. And it's basically a subreddit of people... Some people, I believe, probably truly have experienced some sort of Mandela effect. They may actually be visiting from another timeline. But I'd say that 99.9% of them just don't remember. (laughs) Don't remember stuff. I do think there is some legitimacy to the phenomenon, but... For the most part, the people on this board are just misremembering. But George takes it to the next level because he says, quote, I mean, this is kind of worrisome when he's talking about the board game. His friend says we play this board game and George is like, we've never played that game. He goes, quote, I mean, this is kind of worrisome. What if people say I committed a crime while I know I didn't? Which is quite the leap in logic. It really is. We've talked about that before on the show. I've made references to that before. But it's in an abstract thing. I'm saying, what if this guy... We did a story recently about a slapping... A guy manifested an arm out of nowhere and it slapped a girl he didn't like. I go, what if it ended up drowning a baby that was crying too loudly? <laughs> like, what? That's what you're talking about. This guy escalating stuff. You're escalating stuff. But I'm speaking in the abstract. I'm speaking about somebody else. I've been in conversations with people and they swear that I've done something. And I'm like, no, I never did that. And they're like, no, Jason, you clearly did that. (laughs) As I'm standing there over a bathtub, I'm like, ah, that baby was drowned before I got here. I didn't do that. You can, (laughs) that was dark, but you can say, you know, we've all had those. (laughs) Forget the drowned baby. Forget that was disgusting. So sorry, I brought that up. But we've all been in conversations where people have sworn we've done something or said something. And we go, no, we didn't. We didn't do that. And we get in a big argument about it or whatever. And we know we didn't do that. And we feel they're being foolish or making stuff up. We know we didn't do that. I've never thought, what if that person then it says that I robbed a bank? Like, I never take it to that level. My old buddy Steve or my old friend Josh was like, hey, dude, remember when we went to that Blink-182 concert? I'm like, what? No, we never did that. Actually, now that I think about it, I might have seen Blink-182. But anyways, the point, whatever example I choose, I would never then think, what if one of them says that I'm robbing banks? I want to take it to that next level. But he does. He immediately goes there from, I didn't play this game, to what if someone committed a crime? What if someone say, what if someone says I committed a crime that I didn't commit? And... Sure, I guess, but it seems like quite a leap of logic. So I started looking through George's posting history, and he believes not only that he experiences the Mandela effect, sometimes in as quickly as 20 seconds, something will happen, and then he will shift into another reality within 20 seconds to where it didn't happen. I mean, that's just, at that point, you you probably need to go to the doctor. That sounds more like a short-term memory loss than dimensional jumping. But not only does he believe that it happens that quickly for him, he's the reason the Mandela effect exists in the first place. And his name is not George Mandela, by the way. 
He believes he's the reason for all of this. He said back in fall of 2021 is when he first started to personally experience the Mandela effect. And he would see these rapid changes in the timeline. He said once he went to church and there was a creepy man there. But if that doesn't sell you on that, <laughs> that's not the Mandela effect. That's just a creepy guy going to church. Probably George. If he went to church once and there was a creepy man there. Not only that, but there was two women at the church as well. And they looked at him and their irises were spinning. So clearly, first of all, there's nothing to do with the Mandela effect. That's just, that is unsettling. To see their irises spinning, that's a, a hallucination. That's a hallucination. Now, sure, paranormal podcast, it could be a paranormal event. But it's just weird. I mean, like, at a certain point... If I was, ex I've seen ghosts and sometimes like when it gets really bad, I'll be like, oh my God, I'm having a nervous breakdown. When it first started happening, I thought I was having a nervous breakdown because I was seeing stuff. I never saw any ghosts, had any paranormal, real paranormal activity until I was like 17. And when it got really bad in my 20s, I thought I'm losing my mind. But when you don't. I can understand someone who believes in ghosts seeing a ghost, seeing someone they know come back and not immediately think they're losing their mind. But if you were hallucinating, the creepy man, the creepy man is just a creepy man. You see those all the time. But seeing someone's irises spinning, two people's irises spinning, I'd go, I'd probably go to the doctor. Or I would at least probably take a couple days off work. <laughs> I'd probably be like, okay, I need a break. I need a little bit of vacation. And he says the reason why he thinks he is... The reason for the Mandela effect is in the same year, 2021, he had his heart broken. And everything started to change after that. He believes he's responsible. His heartache, sad, right? You're kind of making fun, kind of making fun of this guy. I mean, broken heart's always the worst. But... Uh, he he broke. He had his heart broken, and he goes, "I'm either responsible or at least partially responsible for the Mandela effect." And he believes that there may be people looking for him because of that. Because it, which would make sense. Let's say the Mandela effect could be linked to one person. You would want, as a government, I think you would want to try to find that guy and control him. You could rewrite history on the fly if you could figure out how it worked. But. Instead of that, instead of, that sounds like a great idea for a sci-fi novel. I'm surprised no one's written a book about the nobody, honestly, or a movie. Instead of that, he's posting stuff online. He's posting stuff on Reddit. And here's some of the posts he's had in the past. Jeffrey Dahmer, Paris Bennett, killers I never knew of. And he explains how he didn't know who Jeffrey Dahmer was. And what's funny is you're like, wait, what? <laughs> who's Paris Bennett? I had to look him up too. Some no-name killer. I was like, well, I don't know who Paris Bennett is either. He's just some dude who kills people. There's a, those are a dime a dozen. <laughs> it's unfortunate, right? I'm not like, that's a good thing. But he says he also never knew who Jeffrey Dahmer was. This is something you'll see in Mandela Effect. They'll post a picture of an animal and they're like, what? I didn't know this animal existed. It's Mandela effect. Like the, what is it? The pangolin? It's that weird armored bug monster man creature that lives. You're never going to know every animal on the planet. You're just not. And especially if you're just reading 
books from Time Life or going to the zoo. Of course, there's go every so often there's going to be an animal that's just weird that it exists on the planet. Uh, J- the fact that you didn't know who Jeffrey Dahmer is, that's odd. I don't know if you came from a universe where Jeffrey Dahmer didn't exist. He also posted that Veterans Day is new. It's a new thing. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's been around it's, it's quite a while. But he's from the Netherlands. So I believe he's from the Netherlands. I don't remember why I thought that somewhere in here. Maybe that was my Mandela effect. Maybe it disappeared in my notes. Um, here's a great one. This, again, goes to the idea of hallucinations. He One of his posts was, quote, Are the colors more vibrant since last week? No. I, I, I would think, though, if you were having some sort of physiological mental issue, something's actually going on with the chemistry of your brain, or just a standard mental issue, colors will appear differently to you. Here's an interesting one. He posted a chocolate. He just found this out. He came from a universe where this didn't happen. The M&M Corporation wasted all that time and R&D. Chocolate melts in your hand? Right? He didn't he apparently he didn't know that. In this post he said, just did a search on here, found no thread whatsoever. He was shocked no one else now realized that chocolate melts in your hand. <laughs> Since 2021, chocolate is melting in my hand. It did <laughs> it didn't before. That was the post. Maybe he was eating M&Ms up till then. I don't know, but that was a whole thing with M&Ms. It melts in your mouth, not in your hand, because every other form of chocolate melted in your hands possibly he's gotten hotter over the years now what i find so interesting though as a scholar of the mandela effect which really when you looked at the berenstein bears it really comes down to a mis i think the berenstein bears is a legitimate thing but you could argue it's a simple misspelling it's a misremembering he's terrible at spelling George had a post about Amy Winehouse and spelt that name wrong, which which takes effort because it's a pretty standard name. And he also talked about the Bible book known as Leviathans, which it's really called Leviticus, if you don't know. And people pointed that out to him. He's like, whatever. Well, no, it's not whatever it's about. It Was there really a book? In the Bible called the Book of Leviathans? That sounds awesome. The, the name Leviathan and Behemoth both come from the Bible. There's a story, I don't remember what book it's in, probably the Book of Leviathans, but um, there was two animals, two great beasts. The Behemoth was the biggest beast on land, and the Leviathan was the biggest beast in the ocean. They were both female, so they couldn't mate, and they fought to the death. And I remember hearing that as a kid, and I was like, what? Oh, dude, that's totally awesome. My dad's like, yeah, biblical scholar, because my dad was a Southern Baptist minister. I was like, what monsters are fine in the Bible? I want to read this whole thing. (laughs) There are a bunch of monsters in it. Dad's like, sure, if it'll get you to read the Bible, son. He goes, yeah, he goes, don't don't get your hopes up too much about the Leviathan and the Behemoth. He goes, biblical scholars think it was a hippo and a uh, crocodile like a giant hippo and a giant crocodile and that's what the story's about because it doesn't really mean anything it's not like jesus was the hippo and satan was the crocodile or anything like that it was just for whatever reason the story of two monsters fighting are in it probably to keep kids reading 
But anyway, so he calls it the Book of Leviathan. Now, he does say that he mentions about his heart getting broken. And back in 2021, he does mention at a certain point he was involuntarily confined to some sort of mental health facility. So even, it's interesting because he knows he was put into a place like that for his own good hopefully right you know i people could probably do it in sinister ways as well but he got his heart broken and since then he's been thrust out of the old world and into this new world that doesn't make sense to him imagine if reality could change for you every 20 seconds and it's not huge changes it's whether or not you played a board game it would really mess with your head but he does mention, you know, that he was diagnosed with a, uh, uh, he doesn't spe- specify what it is, but a uh, some sort of psychosis. He had a psychotic break. He was involuntarily confined to a mental institution. And before that was when he got his heart broken. So it's a sad story. I mean, sure, <laughs> sure, we had a lot of laughs along the way, but it's a sad story. I think that most people who follow the idea of the Mandela effect are not him. I think they're way in between. I think there's a lot of in between. I think most people in the retcon subreddit, I don't think they're all crazy. They're still able to maintain a normal life. This young man is really going through it. And you wonder about his you know, employment, you wonder about his social circle and all of that, because obviously they must see these things. And it's just interesting. You can take it too seriously and it can really affect your life in a negative way. But he says that when he dies, everything will cease to exist. Because he is the reason for this whole new universe. He's the only person in it that matters. That's also a very dangerous. Because if you believe that, then going back to his first post that we found, if he does commit a crime, what does it matter? This person doesn't exist. When he dies, they will disappear anyway. So if you follow that logic, he can do whatever he wants in this world and hurt whoever he wants in this world because it doesn't matter. Only he is the consciousness. And that's when these stories go from being crazy, weird, paranormal stuff to dangerous to the world at large. Uh, George, I wish you the best. I mean, again, we were laughing a lot. <laughs> at least I wish you were listening to it. Your mouth was open. You're like, oh my God, Jason's really going to town on this poor guy. He, he's suffering from some sort of mental illness. George, we wish you the best. I think that with the right therapy um and you know the broken heart thing totally does suck but i would fear something worse is coming down the pipe that's not a threat again if you're listening to this i genuinely hope that you get better Lindsay, let's go ahead and touch the keys of the carpenter copter we are leaving behind the netherlands i don't know why i think it takes place in the netherlands but we're leaving behind the netherlands fly us all the way out to a house in the suburbs. <laughs> Lindsay, land this carpenter copter right here in this nice suburban neighborhood. It's June 2023. We're about to meet this young lady. 
named Maria. Well, that's not a real name. That's a name we give her. And she has a seven-year-old sister named Janet. That's also a name we're giving her. And they live at home with mom. So you have mom, Maria, older sister, Janet, seven years old. And it's just a normal household. Everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. But Janet, this is kind of old. I don't know a lot about kids. I don't know really anything about kids. If you're seven years old, is that too old for imaginary friends? I don't know. I remember I was in like the second or third grade. I still had imaginary friends. But I <laughs> but you know, I don't know how old you are in the third grade. Plus, I was a weirdo. So I don't know if I would classify me as the ultimate litmus test of what is normal. But anyways, Janet, seven years old, not only does she have some imaginary friends that she hangs out with, she's met two more, which is weird, right? Imaginary friends showing up. I don't know how they introduce themselves. Like, do they just magically appear? Or do they walk through the door one day? Do they knock and say, hello, is Janet home? I'm Mr. Topbottom, a billionaire from Britain. And then like a fuzzy elephant walks into him. He's like, I don't have a backstory. My name's Fuzzy. I'm an elephant. I don't know how that works. It's been so long since I've been in the third grade. So I don't understand how imaginary friends like introduce themselves. But anyways, uh, and to be fair, my imaginary friends was like copyright characters. It was like Optimus Prime and RoboCop. Maybe not RoboCop. But it was definitely Optimus Prime. Remember, all my imaginary friends were like proprietary IPs for other people. I was like, oh, right, my best friend, leader one from the GoBots. It was weird. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, she has more of imagination. She's actually meeting original characters, OCs, as they're called, for her imaginary friends. And she has these imaginary friends. More imaginary friends have joined the crew. And then one night, one night, Janet goes, Maria, I actually made another imaginary. <laughs> At this point, you're just bragging. You're like, come on, kid, you're not that popular. Not that many imaginary people want to hang out with you. And Janet's like, no, seriously. I made yet another imaginary friend, a little girl named Gloria. And she's so awesome. We're going to be best friends. Me and her and all these other people, Mr. Top Bottom. We're going to have so much fun together. But Janet goes, the problem is, is that one night I was sleeping and I was woken up and Gloria is standing over me and she's like, wake up, wake up. And Janet's like, I'm awake, I'm awake. What are you doing here, Gloria? And Gloria goes, I don't want you to be asleep. I want you to stay up. I want you to stay up. Janet's like, I gotta, I gotta get some sleep. So she pulls over and Gloria's like, wake up, wake up. She wouldn't let her sleep all night long. Which is kind of hilarious, actually. We covered an imaginary friend story similar to this recently about an imaginary friend. It was actually a ghost. I think it was, I mean, we figured out it was a ghost boy in that case. Wouldn't let the living boy sleep. And the reason why we find out at the end of that story, I'll put it in the show notes, but the ghost says, um, I can't sleep. When you're dead, you can't sleep. You're awake all the time. So I'm, I'm going to make sure you're awake all the time. And it's really scary to be dead. 
So I want to make sure you're scared all the time, too. So you go, Jason, yeah, that was a pretty good episode. Is this kind of along those same lines? Is this backing up that story? Nope. This one goes, this one takes it to 11. This one's really crazy and creepy. Gloria will not let Janet sleep. So that started in June of 2023. Now we're at the very start of July 2023. And Janet is freaking out. One morning she's totally freaking out. She's like, Mom, Maria, uh, you guys got to help me. You guys got to help me. I'm in deep. I'm in real deep with these imaginary friends. I borrowed some money from Mr. Topbottom. I didn't know he's connected to the British Mafia. She's freaking out. And Maria's like, what is going on, Janet? Why are you totally freaking out? And she goes, Gloria, you know that girl, that new imaginary friend that showed up? She attacked all the other imaginary friends. And they're like, what? She goes, she attacked them. All of my other imaginary friends, I've known some for years, some for just a couple months. They've all had their eyeballs ripped out by Gloria. I can't imagine. (laughs) There's few things worse than... Think about it. Think about all the times where you've had imaginary friends or maybe you've just watched the television show and there's like a little girl pretending to have a tea party and be like, would you like more milk, Mr. Buggleworth? And And it's just like your dumb daughter sitting there pouring invisible stuff into empty cups. You're like, oh yeah, she's probably having a fancy tea party. But then (laughs) imagine you walk in an hour later and your daughter's curled up in the fetal position. You're like, honey, what's wrong? And she goes... Someone came in and took out all of my tea party people's eyeballs. That would be the worst thing. And then she'd go, and they're still sitting there. They're crying. They're sobbing, but they have no eyeballs. They're moaning in pain. Her invisible friends, Janet's invisible friends are still there. She can still see them. They can't see her. All their eyeballs have been ripped out. I mean, that's terrifying. And then, like, how do you... You have to still play with them. When Mr. Topbottom shows up later, and he's crawling on all floors, he's like, oh, a world of eternal darkness is my domain now. You have, you like, what are you going to do? You have to play with him. Because now you're just adding fuel onto the eyeless fire. Like, it'd be one thing if all their eyeballs got ripped out and they were all killed. That would be mercy to the invisible friends. But imagine <laughs> you're looking at your watch like, oh no, I have a tea party at three. Oh, it's going to go great. Janet walks in. She just hears all these imaginary people ah, moaning in pain. Ah, my eyes, my eyes. Like, what would you do? To her, they're real. To her, the, imagine if seven of your best friends got their eyeballs ripped out and they were coming over to play. They were coming over to play Super Smash Brothers at seven. And you're like, well, I can't, I can't cancel on them because that seems cruel. I know we won't be playing any video games. But, um, yeah, I think I'm still going to have to hang out with them. You know, <laughs> all they're going to want to talk about is the fact 
Then their eyeballs are gone. You're going to keep trying to change the subject. You're like, hey, uh, yeah, did you see the uh, big game yesterday? <laughs> like, no, I didn't see anything. I, I can never see anything again. My eyeballs. You're like, oh, man. You just bought a bunch of new puzzles. You're like, a thousand piece puzzle. Me and the boys will put this together. Anyways, she still has to hang out with these eyeless imaginary friends. And how would you, as a parent or an older sibling, deal with that? It's shocking. You'd think, at the very least, Janet has some mental health issues. You think, I don't know if they're entertaining the fact that Gloria might be real. Even at the end of the story, they may not think that Gloria, uh, that Gloria is a spirit or, or, or what. But the beginning of July, she says Gloria took out the eyes of all of her imaginary friends. And then you do actually start to have paranormal activity happen in the house. Maria, who posts this online under the name, I don't know what to say, 92737, said you started to hear knocking on doors, objects falling over, shadows. But all of these things, even the knocking on door, right? You you could explain that type of stuff away. You could kind of figure. You're hearing something, the shadows. I mean, it could be paranormal, right? I think it is. But I mean, if you're in the moment, you're not going to hear a knock on the door and you're going to go, it's Gloria. You're not going to connect those two things right away. However, they do. The mother, Maria, and Janet begin to feel like somebody is touching them while they're sleeping. Which is... Something Gloria was doing originally to wake up Janet. It was July 8th, 2023, when the story really escalated. That is the day that Maria posted this online. She said it. this happened just a couple hours ago. July 8th, 2023, Janet is freaking out. Again, she is like, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. She goes, I'm trying to sleep. Someone keeps touching me. Someone keeps waking me up in the middle of the night. I can feel them hitting me. So now they're physically injuring her as she's trying to lay in bed. And I can hear... And it's funny, she doesn't say Gloria, she says someone. It's almost like Gloria may have been a disguise for this thing. But she said that someone was touching her, someone was hitting her. And she's screaming, she's screaming at the top of her lungs because this thing was also telling her, I'm gonna take your eyes out next. And Maria, I mean, like, this is like, she posted this at nine in the morning and she said it just happened a couple hours ago. She goes, she's like apocalyptic. Janet's freaking out. She's crying and she's screaming and we've never had her react like this before. And they, she said, we're going to have her meet with a psychologist and, and see what could be going on. See what this could be. So they are taking the the logical steps, right? Not saying we're going to go burn sage and bury a couple crows eggs in the backyard. And hopefully blessed mother Gaia will, that's what I would do. You know, like even though I believe in the paranormal, I do think there is a process 
for this type of stuff. If it's not super urgent, you can speak to your faith leader. If it's a non-emergency situation, if it's a cat in the tree, you can take your time doing it. If your sister is flipping out, talking about something's trying to rip her eyeballs out and already took out the eyeballs of her friends, I would probably just... I, I wouldn't necessarily call 911, but I'd say I would at that point I'd probably take her to hospital, honestly. If I felt like she was in serious... You, you don't always want to put that mark on somebody's record. But if you figure that she's not going to do anything in the next 48 hours trying to make the appointment... Because this family is Christian. That's why I'm kind of bringing this up. They could have said, well, we're going to talk. I made that joke about the Wiccan faith healing thing because I just think that's pretty goofy all around. But... They didn't say we're going to go speak to our minister like this is an emergency situation. It's been gathering. It probably is paranormal, too. I think it really I think it's really interesting. She didn't say Gloria told me that it's that someone told me that, which makes me think that this figure has now shed its disguise. It's no longer appearing as this little friendly imaginary friend girl. And it's now what it really is. crazy crazy story it's terrifying it's terrifying imagery of a bunch of imaginary friends walking around with no eyeballs of this girl attempting to assault to destroy this family and while this account i don't necessarily think it's a throwaway i do see quite a few posts going back around nine months this was the last post ever made on this account it's a very creepy story. Again, this wasn't a family that was looking for this. There's no note of like playing with Ouija boards or doing anything like that. Trouble found them, and it came in the most innocent of guises, that of an imaginary friend, a cute little girl who just wants to play, have a couple tea parties. And that's all it took to invite this entity in. And that's crazy to think that that is all it can take sometimes. I mean, the stories of, like, the vampire, the classic vampire, you have to invite it into your house. And you go, well, who would invite a vampire into their house? Well, that's always the trick. They don't show, say that they're vampires. They're not soaked in blood. They come across as, at the very least, wearing some sort of disguise. At the most, a charming villain like Dracula. Or Dracula, as normal people call him. But I just like saying it like that. Uh, this is the same thing. Like, who? Imagine if there was a rule that if you invited a person into your house, then they had domain over it at any point. Like, if the mailman goes, "Can I put this package inside? It's kind of heavy. I'll help you out." And you said, "Sure." Now he could be in your house. He can wake up your daughter. He can pull the eyeballs out of whoever he wants. Well, no one would live by those rules. That would be absolutely ridiculous. But the world of the paranormal—that's like a basic rule, and this. Invisible friend may have shown up and been like, can I stay the night here? Yeah, sure. Come on in. Like they're out in the backyard and Gloria is standing in the shrubs. This sure looks fun. Look at all those fun, Look at all those delicious eyeballs. They're like, wait, what did you say? She goes, no, I meant a delicious mini moles. They're like, still doesn't make sense, but come on over, Gloria. And she walks all over licking her lips. And... 
they she goes, hey, there's a pretty cool tea party outside. Can I come inside with you? And they go, yeah, sure. I mean, is that really all that it takes? That's terrifying. And that's that it seems like that's all that it takes. And you can know better and I can know better. But who's to say everyone in your family is an oblithering idiot? I mean, she, listen, she's a seven-year-old girl. I don't know why. It's not her fault. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, who is to say that she's not... Okay, I never feel bad. I called her a blithering idiot. I'll cut, I'll cut that part out. We know better. I know better. You know better. A lot of people know better. But a child who already believes that imaginary friends are real, if one of them, if she meets one of them at the park and it wants to come home with her, she's not thinking about the law of domain. She's just invited a demon or whatever into the house. It's a terrifying story and really the stakes are high because the stakes are eyes. Imagine the worst haunting... You know, stuff flowing around. You can't find your keys. You hear thumping in your ceiling like someone's walking around. Every so often, the piercing sound of a woman's scream echoes from a closed closet. All of that stuff is preferable to having your eyeballs ripped out. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a contrarian. Maybe I'm just always picking the opposite side. But the stakes are so high in this. I would argue even, and I'm not inviting anything in, I don't want to challenge this, but if you had to choose between being possessed, you would take to know if I had to choose between being possessed or having no eyes. And that's truly a choice. Well, actually, see now, would you? Would you? You're like, whoa, I didn't expect this type of quandary when I started this episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. You have a choice between being demonically possessed. Let's set it. Let's set a time limit to it. You're demonically possessed for three week, three weekends, consecutive weekends in a row. And then one week, it's like the National Guard, and then one week in August. Next August, since if you're listening to this episode in September, I'm making it super complicated. Or you just have your eyes gone. That's the easiest one. They're just gone forever. And not gone, like they're physically removed. So it's not like you can, they're like, oh, they're slightly damaged. Your cornea is scraped. We can fix that. You're like, gotcha, demon. You can be possessed for three consecutive weekends this month in September. And then next August, you're possessed for an entire week. Or... Your eyeballs are gone. They're taken out of your head in the next 24 hours. You're like, move out of the way. I gotta see every museum possible. What would you do? Because I, here's the thing. Obviously, you go, well, the eyeballs would suck, but there's a lot of people who live very fulfilling lives who are blind. There's a lot of people out there with no eyeballs that are doing great. <laughs> You're like, I can't name any. I mean, Ray Charles, he still has his eyeballs, though. Stevie Wonder. Is Ray Charles still alive? I don't know. There's a lot of blind people out there, though. They're doing just fine. Or, because here's the thing. You could get possessed three consecutive weekends in one one entire week in August. And let's, I'm going to put a caveat on this, too. I don't know why I'm going on with this. I should just wrap the episode up. But the demon who's possessing you cannot blind you. 
Because that would just be the cruelest joke of all. You're like, it's fine. It's like, oh, that week of August finally is over. Now to read a newspaper. What? Your eyes are gone. No, the demon can't blind you. But imagine the damage that a demon could do in your body. For, what would that be? A total of uh, three consecutive weekends. That's three, six, nine. Imagine the damage... A, Demon could do in your body, ooh, for 16 days. I thought it was 13. I thought it was going to be spookier. 16 days spread out over a year. The demon could do a lot of damage. Maybe not to you. You'd still have your eyeballs, but maybe it's taken everyone else's eyeballs. You're like, Jason, just after this, this is the dumbest. This is honestly the dumbest metaphor, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Because obviously, if you knew, you're going to get possessed by a demon. Because you just go to jail and you go, you got to lock me up in this jail cell. I'm going to be possessed by a demon for three consecutive weekends and one week in August. One whole week in August. Just, move, just I'll be chained to a bed. I, you, I can prepare for that. I would tell all my loved ones to leave and all my enemies to show up. I'd invite them over to my house. They're like, it really is weird that he keeps inviting over everyone he hates for three consecutive weekends. We never see him again. You could prepare for that. You're right. I think if you had your choice between being possessed in that particular scenario, that would be better. than losing. You're like, yes, Jason, we've all been saying that for the past ten minutes. Anyways, yeah, what I'm saying that having your eyeballs gone is the worst. That's really what's along. So confusing. You're like, Jason, you didn't even have to say any of that. This show is so ridiculous. Anyways, this would be the worst haunting you could possibly be in. If your eyeballs are missing, that would be bad. And who's to say? Maybe the reason why we haven't gotten more posts on this. Because Maria's eyeballs are missing. <laughs> she forgot her Reddit password. She's like, ah, I don't know. That's grim. And I hope it didn't happen. I hope there's not a family of three in a house right now with their eyeballs missing trying to find their Reddit login so they can tell us about it. But it could be worse. <laughs> they could all be possessed by demons. Every eighth Monday for the year 2024. It could always be worse, but I think losing your eyeballs would be... It would rank pretty high up there. Dead Rabbit Radio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm so glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.